There's this phrase I've been hearing thrown around the past couple of months, and uh, it actually came up again about two days ago from Boris Johnson, the Prime Minister of the UK. I had heard it originally from the Prime Minister of Canada, Justin Trudeau, and I've been hearing a lot of our elites and some of our political leaders voicing out this particular phrase and phrases, Christmas is canceled this year. Christmas is canceled. And it's kind of a catchy headline. Christmas is canceled. And I've been thinking about that a lot. Christmas is canceled. Christmas, of course, can never be canceled. Christmas can never be canceled. There's a guy who actually tried to cancel the first Christmas, another big public figure. His name was Herod, King Herod. You guys remember that guy? We read about him in the scriptures. And it was not successful for him. He could not end or cancel Christmas. Now, what some of these figures are talking about with regards to Christmas, of course, is more of a superficial understanding of what Christmas is. And as they're understanding what it means to cancel Christmas, what they mean is that the garland, the gift-giving, the Christmas music, maybe a little bit of eggnog, everybody getting together, family and friends, the social gathering, that can be canceled. They're right, that can be canceled. That, of course, though, is not Christmas. Christmas is not a cultural event. It is that, but it's much more. It's not just that. Christmas is the event that we celebrate when reality was completely changed. Christmas is the celebration that the very deepest ache of the human heart was satisfied. The thirst, the deepest thirst, the deepest desire that we as human beings have became satisfied. That is what we celebrate in Christmas. We celebrate that joy is actually possible. Unaltered joy. Joy without all the circumstances going right on the outside. Interior joy and the fulfillment of our desire. The desire I'm talking about, that ache of the human heart, I think is an experience for anybody who's honest with themselves. What I'm talking about is that feeling that you get, that agitation 
that you feel when you get that promotion or you get the big dream job or you get the big house that you've been aiming towards your whole life or the the new car that's a dream car or you get those accolades from the people and the respect from the people that you really want the respect from or you get that ultimate bodily or physical pleasure or maybe you even get the person who you love for the rest of your life and you marry that person but at the end of all of those things is that agitating feeling of we get we, we get the fulfillment of the desire it feels good and then it's like what's next what's next and then that desire for the what's next thing continues and there's an ache I think a good image of this is actually going to be tomorrow morning and I this is me growing up as 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 a child and I see it with my nieces and nephews it's not necessarily a bad thing but it's it's a very human thing that points to this reality of the aching human heart that deep desire is when my nieces or nephews will be under the tree and they'll have maybe five gifts that everybody's gotten for them five or six gifts and they're just so excited they're looking down at their gifts I can't wait to open this gift and they open the gift and then like oh this is great push it aside go to the next one open the gift push it aside go to the next one and then at the end there's this kind of depletion what's next it's very interesting that the rest of the animals or the rest of the creatures in creation they all have a satisfaction and a way to be complete in their existence you can tell that with like a dog if the dog has a pack that he belongs to he's got food shelter dog's very happy human beings are a little bit more tricky Obviously, this last year has been filled with a lot of exterior circumstances that have caused us to have the, have the temptation to fall into a desperate sadness and depression. All the numbers for mental health are way up. There's a real sadness out there. I think a lot of the sadness and the anxiety that we feel as a culture has to do with this desire that I'm describing. When we try to put that desire, that deepest human ache, in worldly things, things of this world, we're inevitably going to come away sad. Because they don't fit there.
They're made for something else. That desire is made for someone else. And we can't escape that. Listen to Isaiah from our first reading. And listen to the parallels that I hear and hear from 2020 about gloominess and darkness. And Isaiah says something is changing. Something is going to change. Someone is coming who is going to change whatever that thing that holds us back from true joy as human beings. The people who walked in darkness, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Upon those who dwelt in the land of gloom, there's a lot of gloomy people walking around these days. A light has shone. You have brought them abundant joy and great rejoicing as they rejoice. For the yoke that burdened them and the pole on their shoulder and the rod of their taskmaster you have smashed. For a child is born. A son is given to us. And upon his shoulder, dominion rests. They call him Wonder Counselor, God Hero, Father Forever, Prince of Peace. Real joy is not dependent on external circumstances. If any of us think that we're going to, and our happiness relies upon, the external circumstances of everything around us, then we're going to live a pretty unstable existence. Interior joy, interior happiness comes from within. It comes when that desire, that, that non-stop moving desire for something more, a lot of people call that the God-shaped hole, when that finds what it's meant for, when the human meets the divine, that equals joy. That's who Jesus is in his very person. Humanity meeting divinity. The God of the universe became a human being so that we ourselves could reach upward to God. I just want to leave us with one of my favorite quotes about joy. It was written by a very holy man. His name's Father Contola Mesa. He's in his late 80s. And he's the preacher for the Pope. He's the one who gives the Pope homilies for the past three popes. And this is what he says about joy. Christian joy is interior. It doesn't come from without, but from within. Like certain alpine lakes, which are fed not from a river that flows from the outside, 
but from a spring of water welling up from their very foundations. It comes from God's mysterious and present action in the human heart through grace. It can cause us to abound with joy in our sufferings. True joy abounds even in suffering. It is the fruit of the Spirit and is expressed in peace of heart, fullness of meaning, and the ability to love and to be loved, and above all, hope, without which there can be no joy. Jesus, we are so blessed that you have called us to yourself, that you became a human being so that we could come to you, to God. Thank you for becoming so accessible to us and vulnerable. Thank you for becoming so vulnerable as to be a baby wrapped tightly in swaddling clothes. Thank you for bringing satisfaction to that ache inside of us and that restlessness that we have. Help that restless desire to continue to lead us towards you until we die and you fully satisfy that desire for all time. Thank you, Lord, for the gifts that you have given our individual families and any of us that are just struggling here in this church, Lord, those who feel despair and isolated, those who feel no hope, those who are depressed and anxious, I ask you to draw them to yourself, Lord, and quench the thirst that they have. Bring them the peace and the joy that you promised to your disciples. We ask all these things in your holy, Lord, in your holy name, Lord Jesus. Amen. And let us just now take a few minutes in silence to just listen to and speak to the Holy Spirit of God.